Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Irish NFL show. It is time for the week 14 review. So uh, just before we get into things, want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Cassidy Travels, uh, all kinds of playoff uh, trips you can get with them. And in fact, I think I saw a tweet or maybe it was somewhere on social media, somebody uh, uh, availed of a Cassidy Travel package there and was at a at the, the one of the games at the weekend. Might have been the Seahawks Panthers one. I can't, I can't quite remember. Anyway, uh, Lots of lots of stuff there from from Cassidy Travel. So uh, let's get into yesterday's action and see how many times you jinxed it, guys. Uh, so strangely enough, uh, two of the actual the quick fire ones we did uh, ended up being games of the weekend, really. Um, so uh, maybe let's start with game one, uh, one that you probably had moments of excitement and sadness column uh, with the Broncos uh, and the Chiefs. And there was sort of a, a runaway lead there uh, at the start. And then uh, Broncos back in the game. And then ultimately the Chiefs did what the Chiefs do. And, and they won uh, 34-28 in the end. Maybe um, I'll go to you first, actually, Brian, so Colm can collect his thoughts. Although he's probably been collecting them all weekend. Uh, Brian, what, what was your take on that one? A 10 of two halves, I would say, in this particular game. Um, I mean, it started out as a lot of people felt it would be, which would be a very dominant performance from the Chiefs side. Um, got up 27-0 after a pick six from Russell Wilson. And uh, me and Colin were going to touch on it, you know, last, briefly last night around, don't know whether it was a complacency thing uh, on this Chiefs sideline. We have seen this from the past. We saw it in games last year. I would even go back to the championship game against the Bengals in which... They were up by 18 points at halftime and even towards the back end of that first half, they should have been taking field goals but going for touchdowns. Going back to this one last night, 27 up, looked like the game was in the bag and then they just seemed to really soak the fire in a rivalry that's been there for years and obviously they've beaten them the last 13 times but the Broncos just, something something clicked for the Broncos last night and I asked Colin what it was and he says, nobody likes getting the, the rip taken out of them on the, on the opposition sideline. But the more concerning for me with the Chiefs, taking away the fact that they were complacent, was the second half performance. And you can put it down to complacency, you can put it down to poor play, because we've seen this with this Chiefs team. They rally into big leads. And the second half, so they started, for example, touchdown, touchdown in the first half, interception, interception before half time. Second half, first drive, three plays, punt. Second drive, three plays, punt. One touchdown, then an interception. <clears throat> it wasn't convincing. And in the end, they got over the line. And in fairness to the Broncos, they played really well. Russell Wilson played really well. He had 57 yards rushing. <clears throat> we spoke on the show a number of times how we see that that kind of position of strength that he had with Seahawks, how he was active in the run game as much as he's a quarterback, had been taken away this year. But he was quite active yesterday. He threw for three touchdowns. And in fairness to the Broncos, they had opportunity to, to get over the line and get the game won. But the Chiefs' defence held on. But it wasn't the most inspiring performances. From, from the Chiefs team. And even at 27, it looked by Tottenham was more down to the fact they were playing against a team which season essentially is over. But they rallied, they got the win. And there's, I think there's questions to be answered with the Chiefs team with bigger games at yeah. home, especially going into the playoffs. But for the Broncos, it was a, a finally a glimmer of light that there is good players there and Russell Wilson can lead this team. It wasn't a yeah. victory, but it was much well, better than what we've seen throughout the course of the season. Although great teams find a way to win, don't they? Uh, Colm, was there a glimmer of light, like Brian said, or uh, do you think uh, it was uh, it was something else? I think it'll be interesting to see what happens over the rest of the season, Kala. I had said to Brian, and like I think 
and Brian has spoken a little bit about it there, there is complacency and an arrogance about the, the Chiefs. And I think that's backed. I wonder was some of the stuff shown on the big screen in the stadium, Travis Kelsey enjoying himself on, on the bench. And, you know, nobody likes to, to be em, embarrassed. And I, I think if the Chiefs had just gone about their business, they probably could have been resting starters uh, come the, the second half. But um, they they antagonized the Broncos and they got a response. The issue, I suppose, is that for um, Broncos fans, and uh, yeah, look, there, there, were, there were a lot of positive moments. The stadium was rocking at times yesterday, but ultimately fall short. And we've seen this before. Uh, last year, um, the, the Broncos almost beat the Chiefs only for Melvin Gordon to, to fumble. That's a four-point loss. Go back to 2020, um, and there's a six-point loss. Go back to 2018, and there's a, a touchdown loss. Actually, both games uh, in, in 2018 uh, were within a, a score. Um, so I have I've, this has been time and time and time again. I'm probably going all the way back. I was actually at the, the Broncos game against the Chiefs in 2016. Broncos were ahead, much bond to defense, ended up losing that game in overtime. And almost that was the domino that kind of began uh, the, the past six years. So for the Broncos, it is how they play out the, the rest of the season. And we'll see, especially in terms of Russell Wilson's injuries for the Chiefs. The concern would be echoing what Brian has said, that that kind of complacency, that arrogance can creep into their game. And once you slip, um, it's very, very difficult to get it back. The Bengals, um, you know, showed them that last year in the playoffs. The Broncos just weren't good enough to take advantage of it. But if they meet another team uh, in the later in the year or in the playoffs, um, they need to ensure that that doesn't happen again. Yeah, fair enough. Well, we shall see, I suppose. Um, all right, well, let's let's move on to game two, uh, Cowboys and Texans. This one was super close as well and kind of last-minute heroics to, to, to do it. Um, what's your take on it, Brian? Was, this, was there complacency going on here as well, or was it, I don't know, uh, everyone got G'd up for another reason, or, or was it a tactical masterclass? What, 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 what do you reckon? Oh, it had to be complacency. I mean, we've seen this from the Cowboys. I, you know, when I was watching this game last night, watching a combination of a lot of games, but, um, this game kind of reminded me of, and Colin would notice from Wales, when the Broncos went into Dallas last year and everybody was writing them off before that game. And the Texans came so close yesterday and there's a conversation coming out from the beat writers in Dallas today that throughout the course of the week, once they were watching all the footage of the previous game, which the Texans were playing against the Browns and they were trying to keep these players locked in and tuned into the game ahead of them, there was a very laid back attitude by a number of the Cowboys players, essentially thinking this game's a given on Sunday. And we've seen in the NFL, you, you go down that road, and we just talk, spoke about the everyone Chiefs and complacency in the second half or towards the back end of the first half yesterday. Cowboys yesterday didn't play well. In fact, you look at the Cowboys game last week, and Mark referred to last Monday, they scored 33 unanswered points in the fourth quarter against the Colts, but they didn't play well for three quarters. They didn't play well for four quarters yesterday, and Dak Prescott in particular, had a poor game, a lot of incomplete passes, some needless draws, needless interception at, at the end of the game, which forced for the Texans. And it looked like, for everybody else watching the game, it looked like it was the Texans were going to go in for another touchdown and take a 10-point lead with less than two minutes to go, and that would have been the game. But, OK, fair enough, the Cowboys rallied, and they, they had a 95-yard drive to, to win the game. What I've noticed recently with the Cowboys' defence, it's been really strong this season, and we spoke highly, and we... we 
give them their kudos and their credit when they deserve. They played against three quarterbacks this year. They've been quite mobile. And I was surprised to see Driscoll being so mobile as he was yesterday, but they really struggled to deal with him yesterday. They struggled to deal with Justin Fields of the Bears when he went in there, and they struggled with Jalen Hurts when he, when they played in Philly. That, to me, could be the, the nemesis for them coming forward down the line. They've got to play against Hurts again. They'll probably play against other quarterbacks in the playoffs. That would be a concern for me. And to, yeah, the, look, the win has come with it. With some losses, their secondary is banged up now. They're going to go to Jacksonville on Sunday. And their right tackle, um, Steele, offensive tackle, he's out for the season now. That's been confirmed today, which is a huge loss because the offensive line over the past number of years has been solidified and it's always been one of the mm. great strengths of that team. The Texans, I felt sorry for them genuinely. Like, there was a few people engagement um, on, on our social asking, asking, would this be a bigger shock this game or certain other games? This, to me, would have been probably one of the biggest shocks, if not the biggest shock of the season. But they managed to win and got over the line. And the Texans, again, have a good coach there in Luffy Smith. But unfortunately, he doesn't have a lot to play with. And he'll probably end up losing his job at some stage. But it's unfortunate because we have seen at times this season, you know, there are games and there is hope for this team. And obviously, they're going to have a lot of good picks come the draft. But the Cowboys are over the line. It was a good game. And I felt sorry for the Texans in the end. Fair enough. Biggest shock of the season, says Brian. What do you reckon, Colm? It. It would have been in ways, though we did talk about it, Kala, in the preview show, that it was all about the Cowboys showing up. And we talked mm. about the fact that they, this is a recurrent problem uh, that doesn't just go back a couple of years. It goes back decades. I mean, mm. this goes back to, uh, you know, Wade Phillips and Jerry Jones putting infamously putting the 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 tickets into the the players lockers before the the game um it it is a, a jerry jones type issue and <laughs> um you know it is one of those situations where billionaires tend to get whatever they want um but in a league of you know all well certainly 20 other billionaires you don't always always get what you want and this is the the issue cowboys are extremely talented we know that um, but going up against a texans team and the local kind of rivalry aspect probably played a part but the texans were mixing up their qbs yesterday and jeff driscoll um is a, a journeyman who i have seen uh play in the flesh paid cold hard cash to, to do that he's also a guy who um just not that long ago tried to um transition to being a tight end and then went back to being a quarterback um so look for for the cowboys i think um they they the, the, the potential banana skin is what you always kind of worry about with the, the Cowboys. But ultimately, I think Cowboys teams of years past probably would have lost that game. I think it's a good sign that they won it. But as Brian has said, it came uh, at a significant cost in terms of injuries. Fair enough. Cowboys, Ted. Cowboys. All right. So for the next one, I want to uh, note that, Brian, you promised me an Axel Foley Detroit Lions jacket last on the last show because... That was my memory of the Detroit Lions. And, you know, might just go get some measurements done there during the week, Brian, because uh, the Lions uh, are looked pretty good yesterday. And, uh, in fact, could they, I don't know, could they even make the playoffs the way they're playing? Um, they, they, beat the, they, they beat the Minnesota Vikings 34-23. So talk, talk, me, talk to me about that and tell me where you're going to pick up my jacket from as well. It's going to be ordered in the morning if they keep going. Perfect. Um, yeah, great. <clears throat> look, they, they've won six of their last seven. 
they lost against the number one seed and that one defeat was against the number one seed of the AFC to a field goal. And we talked about Dan Campbell at the start of the season. We had an opportunity to speak to their, one of their uh, special teams players, me and Colin, during the off-season, who has a great Irish family background. And he was talking about the great things in which Dan Campbell was doing. And we saw the, in the hard knocks during August, the show that all the players seemed to be re-energising and behind them. And for parts of the season, we were saying, oh, it's the hard knock story with this Lions team. They were losing games by one scores. But this season, in terms of the offence, it's it's off the charts. I mean, Jared Goff has to be the complete comeback player of the year. We, we did a pre-season show where we're talking about comeback players of the year, not necessarily because he was out last year, but there's so much kind of ill feeling about him since he was traded from the Rams to the Lions and obviously the match with Stafford going to them. But yesterday again, what's happened over the course of the last few weeks as well is their defence has really started to play well. And that was the thing at the start of the season. We, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about all the stats. They were 31st against the run, 32nd total defence, 29th against in passing defence. The last couple of weeks, ever since that Green Bay game, it's completely rebounded. And the one thing that the Vikings have been really efficient this year, despite the, the numerous big plays they get from Justin Jefferson, arguably the best wide receiver in the league, is when they get in the red zone, they're very efficient. They always score touchdowns. Well, there were two from four yesterday in the red zone. They were held down the field goals. Dalvin Cook fumbled in, in the red zone, which is not really the type of play we've seen from this team this year, coached by Kevin O'Connell. They seem to be error-free at times. That was a big changing point. And smart plays by the, by the Lions. And there was few off-kilter plays, they had a special teams punt, which was a fake punt, they got a force down off, that kind of changed the momentum, swing of the game, and it looked like the Vikings were getting a stranglehold. And you look at the fourth quarter, like they held they held the Vikings down to 15 plays, only five first downs, they had 29 plays, nine first downs, they took 13 points and essentially put the game away, and right now they're averaging 27 points a game on offense, they're scoring more than that, but that's the average defense is holding teams down. They're, they're on a great run and they've got some very winnable games ahead of them. So they're one and a half games back in the playoff push for the wild card. But the way they're playing, and then you look at the teams ahead of them, such as the Giants and the Seahawks, who are going through a bit of a difficult period in terms of losing games. I can't see any reason why the Lions can't catch up. They've got a big game this weekend against the Jets, and that'll be a very interesting one to see how yeah. that goes. Because <clears throat> what we did say earlier in the season, when they were playing really well and efficient at home indoor, but when they were playing away in difficult places like New England, they were, they were finding those games tough and they were losing. But the way they're going at the moment, I would imagine they'll be very confident going into New York despite the, the adverse weather that's due for this game on Sunday. Yeah, as the soundtrack of Beverly Hills Cop says, the heat is on. All right, Colm, uh, what's your takeaway on it? Uh, did you have? Did you pick the Vikings for this one in our in our? In, yeah, you did. Okay, so what do you think? What do you think went wrong? Uh, the the sheer I, I, look I, to me this if um, we talk I suppose a lot or I certainly I do about the NFL being uh, a cross between demolition derby and chess and yesterday in the chess match between the Lions OC and the Vikings DC Ed Dantel uh, Ed Dantel had his pants pulled down uh, every which way it was it was like. Um, and I know Sam Mons had actually discussed this earlier. It was like the the Lions knew what the Vikings were going to do. Um, they, they were one play ahead of them every single time. 
Um, I remember growing up, my mother used to tell me the story of Idle Jack and Idle Jack would get the wrong thing. And then he'd be told, no, 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 you're supposed to do it this this way. And he would, but he he never got the, the part of putting it together. He was always one step behind. And that was the Vikings um, defense yesterday. It just could not keep pace. Yeah, Brian rightly talks about Justin Jefferson and, you know, he probably should have had a, another touchdown yesterday, but the Lions were deserving victories. We got to see... Jared Goff um, with some fantastic deep balls and the Lions can come at you from kind of every which way. All of a sudden their um, number two uh, overall pick is really coming to life and Brian is right, they will be a problem for for everybody I, I think and um, it will be interesting to see. It would be a great story if they, they were to make it. For the Vikings again, it's a case of dusting themselves down and picking themselves back up and trying to ensure look they you know they they are still got a healthy lead in that division they still should absolutely um, make the the playoffs but they need to figure out the defensive side of the football yeah fair enough all right i look forward to my detroit lions jacket brian we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one um okay uh, before we just go into the next one just a reminder to folks to to throw throw out your comments and and all the rest of it to us we're we're very happy to uh, to to read them out uh, as we go so listen we're going into game 4 here um this was uh well in fairness it was it was a bit of an annihilation wasn't it it was the it was the 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 49ers taking taking the books apart and you know i'm i'm not terribly sad for tom brady but uh, um i'm sure tom brady was sad for tom brady um, but let's let's talk about this. It was a thirty-five-seven win, and perhaps this time, Colm, let's get your uh, your take on it first as well. I know you're a huge Tom Brady fan. Uh, yeah, I'm um, uh, a huge fan of seeing what happened to to Tom ha- happen. Look, this this is um, the the hum- the human side of Tom Brady. He spent. Um, more than more than two decades decades being a cyborg, it was like watching uh, Terminator <laughs> Two on the NFL field. Everything went right, but God, I I had um, talked about it um, last uh, last year in the in the game against the Saints. I keep going back to it. It was the first time I saw a hint of him being human. The ball did not go where he wanted it to, and he actually he looked at his hand as if like. Uh, how what are you doing to me how can this be happening this doesn't happen to me but father time waits for waits for no man and look tom brady is not the biggest issue with the the box he's still a very serviceable qb but he isn't able to elevate them in the way he once could um there are all sorts of problems on the coaching staff and everything that is going wrong there um with bruce arians moving on but to me this further strengthens my case about like winning with Jimmy Garoppolo because Brock Purdy came in yesterday he made his first ever start and it was it was seamless it was absolutely seamless Kyle Shanahan and what Kyle Shanahan is doing and re- remember now Kyle Shanahan has lost assistance uh, over the past couple of years Robert Sala went to the Jets Mike McDaniel went to the Dolphins. He's probably going to lose um, to Mick O'Ryan's in um, the the off season because um, they're doing so. Like that defense is just incredible. It's absolutely ferocious. Um, but they they lost Debo yesterday. They still find ways to do it. Um, this 49ers team 
are the team probably that the, the Eagles will most fear, though I think that would be quite a battle to, to watch. But everybody in the NFC uh, will not fancy it. And certainly if they were to make a Super Bowl, you would look at that. I mean, if they stay fit and depending, uh, it sounds like Debo's injury isn't. But, you know, they will cause, even with Brock Purdy there, they will be a problem for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, no question. And it helps when you have Christian McCaffrey, my former uh, Panthers favorite. Um, but uh, Niners looking good. Brian, what was your takeaway from that uh, annihilation of the books? I got a text from a Niners fan this morning. I woke up to a text saying, let's Brock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> so he's obviously enjoying the, the Brock Party uh, magic. Uh, what was even more impressive, and I know it's only one play, it was the first play of the game. He got completely clobbered on a, on a, a lay hit by the, the books. It was called for a penalty. But he just got up, it didn't phase him, he got on with it. I think he's very fortunate, he's got great players there around him. He touched on McCaffrey, Ayuk, obviously Debo Samuel went off injured yesterday. Two of the touchdowns yesterday, 38-yard touchdown, 27-yard touchdown. It's not just like he's, he's playing game management, like they are explosive. You know, in this yeah. day and age, they're explosive NFL touchdowns. And he's got players that when they get their hands on the ball, they can do what we call the yak yards, yards after catch. And he's got players like McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, if he comes back for the playoffs, Ayuk, Kittle. So he is quite fortunate, he's got some really talented players around him, which is why the whole Jimmy G experience was supposed to work, because he just gives it to those guys and they do all the magic. I mean, maybe it'll be Pordy that's the one who's doing that throughout the course of the season and in, late into the playoffs. There was a kind of a report the weekend that Jimmy Garoppolo could be back for the playoffs. But if they continue to win with him at quarterback, I don't see why they would, ch they would change it. As for the books, look, it, Colin's right, this book, Steve, and it's always, it's always going to be on, on the Brady situation. There whether he should have retired and his personal situation outside of the football at the moment, whether he'll play again next year with the likelihood now it's suggesting he will play again next year. Um, and there's been even reports he may have but the Jets, bizarrely enough today, which is a real kind of threw me a little bit. But this defence has been good and bad this season. They can't seem to stop the run. They were really exposed yesterday. McCaffrey did a good number on them. We saw it when he played the Panthers away. Do you just see when they go on the road in particular games, they can't seem to handle teams with a really reasonably good, reasonably good run game and the 49ers are one of the better teams in the league. And even look at the books. Sorry, just like their explosive no, plays. They only had two explosive plays yesterday, one for 32 yards, one for 20. They were both in the second half when the 49ers were easing off. They couldn't get anything going whatsoever. And um, I expected the, the Niners to win. We all picked them in this particular game. Just didn't expect it to be the nature of how comprehensive it was, which is a great sign. For fortune team going in the right direction. Yeah, big time. Uh, also, you know I love stats. I, I think I, I texted this to you guys earlier in the week. I saw somewhere that there's 100-plus NFL players who uh, were born at the year after Tom Brady was drafted. So that's a fair uh, sign of how old he is. All right. Uh, 